0: Hello and welcome back to part three of our recap of A Christmas Carousel. And we have actually finished the recap part, but we wanted to add just a teeny bit about our our impressions of the Christmas season as a whole. And um, so what we'd like to finish up with is um, mine and Brian's top five Hallmark Christmas movies of 2020, the premieres. Ooh.
1: Ooh, you yeah. wanna start us off, Brian? Sure, um, I had some extra time this year as many people did. And so I, I watched maybe more um, Hallmark Christmas movies than than I do some years. I saw maybe f- maybe 14 or 15 of the new ones um, this year. Not as many as you, Auntie Karen, and, and you can take credit for as many as you saw. Um, but, um, I was choosy, I mostly avoided any that looked really bad, although I think I may have missed a couple of good ones that way. Um, but, um, but most of the ones I saw were pretty good this year, but then I thought five of them were really great. Like so good that I would almost like consider them to be like a real movie worth watching. Like, <laughs> other, like not just a good Hallmark movie, but kind of just a good movie to watch, um, which yeah, is pretty look- amazing
0: sort of by more objective standards and, and not, yeah. the, not the grading curve that is Hallmark.
1: <laughs> yes, oh, it is a grading curve, oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah, so, well, so here are my top five. Number five, the Christmas bow. And now, Auntie Sarah, don't make the mistake of thinking that that's about um, wrapping paper. They mean a violin bow. Because it's a it's it's a it's a movie about um, a violinist who injures her hand and has to go to to physical therapy and and she is lovely and charming and she's a real violinist and her physical therapist played by Michael Rady is wonderful one of the best performances I've seen um, from a leading man on Hallmark I loved it it was heartwarming um, it was more accurate as classical music goes than most classical music hallmark movies um I loved that movie so that was my number five
0: I would like to say that that is also on my top five I loved the Christmas bow um I love that the violinist uh she made these like really angry concentrating faces when she was playing (laughs) and it was just it was so authentic to me she was just really getting into it she wasn't you know, a lot of the Hallmark ingenues, they're always sort of mugging for the camera and they're always sort of like, oh, here's my best side. And you're not going to see them like, you know, doing this brow and concentrating, passionate violin solo.
1: Well, and that's probably because she actually is a real trained professional violinist. And, and Auntie Sarah, she actually, I forgot to say, she performed, she played with Trans-Siberian Orchestra. So you've probably even <laughs> seen her. I, I must know who she is. Yeah. Um, I must have
2: her entire discography.
1: Yeah, yes, unquestionably. Uh, she's also Asian American, so that was fantastic to, to have an Asian American leading actress um, uh, on, on a Hallmark Christmas movie.
0: Agreed. That's
1: amazing.
0: And, and one thing about representation that was different this year that I really like was that you often will have like one person of color who is someone's friend Um, or maybe, maybe they're even a lead, but then you don't get the whole family dynamic. Like she, her, her parents are an interracial couple. She has this adorable grandpa. So you get like the whole family action going on. And, um, yeah, so I I love the Christmas bow too. Just high marks. Everyone should watch it.
1: Yeah. It was my mom's favorite of the whole year. Um, she just watches it again and again. Um, number four, the Christmas waltz. So I love Lackey Chasbert. I love Lackey Chasbert movies. Um, I loved, um, you know, a whole movie of Lackey Chasbert, Chasbert being taught by a, a scruffy dance instructor played by Will Kemp, who has a British accent for no apparent reason, other than I guess Will Kemp is British. Um, but um, he teaches her to waltz. They. Waltz, it's adorable. She learns to dance. Her clothes are terrible in the movie, but everything else about the movie is wonderful. Lackey Chasbert means quality um, for me when it comes to Christmas movies. So I loved that one.
2: Agreed. I really <laughs> liked
1: that
0: one too.
2: She number... stamp on the bottom of herself that says, Lackey Chasbert <laughs> means quality for
1: Christmas. She should, That should. yes. <laughs> she should get that on business cards. Um, sounds wonderful yeah she's great um number three love lights Hanukkah I love the Hanukkah movie this year um and I thought everything about it was great Mary Lou Henner was delightful Mia Kirshner the lead adorable that kid from Boy Meets World was okay um even though he grew up um you know still I mean Everyone was cute. No gimmicks. Like, it was just really straightforward. Everyone acted like adults. They said what they meant. They had real emotions. They liked each other's company. They learned about Hanukkah together. It was beautiful. It was moving. They drank wine, um, which I I like it when people drink wine instead of cocoa, because that feels more like the world we live in um, as opposed to Hallmark world. Um, I was a fan.
0: Me too. That is on my top five. I loved Love Lights Hanukkah. I thought the lead Mia Kirshner was absolutely delightful.
1: Yes. She
0: was charming. She was funny. She was tender. I think five minutes into the movie, I was
1: crying. <laughs> yes. It was really <laughs> emotional. It was a powerful movie, but not in a cheap way. Nothing that was cheap. Agreed. Um, Agreed. I,
0: I, am, I am here for it. I'm here for more Hanukkah movies, especially yes. if they're
1: this good. Yeah, I want more, yeah. Um, Number two, Christmas by Starlight. So I love this because I love the duo of Paul Campbell and Kimberly Sustad Uh, the two leads they actually wrote the script to this movie and you can tell they just they're fun they're charming they they are good at banter they have a little edge to them but they also there's a gay couple an interracial gay couple a white guy and and a filipino guy adorable Um, they're kind of swishy and i love it um, um as the assistants um you know, the plot's a little creaky, but everyone had so much fun with it. And it was just, I, I just love all of those people on the screen. I, I, yeah, I would watch this one again and again.
0: Oh, me too. Every time it's on, I will watch it. I, I yeah. really love this. Uh, Kimberly Susted is one of my favorites. Yes. And um, uh, it, it did have one of my issues, which is an event planning on very short notice. <laughs> But I just rolled with it. I just went with it, it it's, it's gonna be there. You just have to accept that.
1: Yeah, that one was pretty rough. Like, oh, we need to find a new venue for 150 people in two days. Um, that, that's hard. Um, yeah, it's hard not to cringe um, <laughs> when you hear something like that. Um, but, but yeah. Um, and then number one, I mean, this one probably it's obvious. The Christmas House. It's the movie that had a gay kiss in it. It's the gay kiss hallmark movie. And so of course it's my number 1 because I just watched that kiss over and over again. It was beautiful Jonathan Bennett. Um adorable.
0: It was a good kiss. Uh Jonathan yeah. Bennett is adorable. His husband was super cute. Yep. They were romantic, they were tender, they were funny. Um I yeah. loved how the family really embraced the husband as a son-in-law. It was just a super chill, cool vibe. And the brothers got along really well.
1: Yeah. It was also, I think, just a good movie. It was funny. It didn't take itself too seriously. The lead guy was funny um Sharon Lawrence is I mean she's a good actress so she did her stuff well um the the lead woman you know they styled her so she sort of looked and acted like Gal Gadot which is awesome because I love Wonder Woman um and so yeah I I mean it's hard for me to be objective because it's the gay kiss movie but I thought it was a good movie too and so it's my number one
0: I did too I just was so happy I was smiling throughout the entire thing because it was just so sweet Um, everything about it worked. It was hilarious too. It was really funny. It was. It was good stuff.
1: So those Uh, are my five.
0: So mine overlapped with yours a lot. There were two more I would add. Um, Time for us to come home for Christmas, (sighs) which is a mystery. (laughs) Also with um, our favorite, Lackey Chasbert. Uh, Great cast. The mystery was interesting. I kept going like, what the hell is going on? It was not as predictable as, you know, most Hallmark movies are. So, and it had some good music. There were a couple musicians staying at the inn. It's sort of
1: like Clue is my understanding. Um,
0: Kind of, kind of, except it's, there's no murder.
1: Oh, okay. It's just like...
0: all these people get mysterious invitations to go to the inn for Christmas and they don't know who the invitations are. They've all made assumptions. They think, oh, this is from Uh, my work or this is from my sister-in-law and she forgot to sign the card. But then they get there and they realize, oh, actually, whoever we thought invited us actually didn't. So there's this mystery host who has invited them all there and they don't uh, know each other.
1: Oh, it is like Clue. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, it was good. let Sarah, what do you think of that title? time for us to come home for Christmas. Sounds like a threat to me. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds
2: vaguely ominous, and it sounds like no one wants to do it. But if it's like a murder mystery, you know, I I feel better about it now that I know that it's like a clue-esque murder mystery, but... Without murder.
0: It's just a regular mystery. Oh, no murder? Okay. Well...
2: It, okay, I I'll still take that. I'll take a mystery of any kind. You'll, you'll allow it. Okay. Allow it. Yeah. Um.
0: Yeah. Time for us to come home for Christmas. <laughs> it has sort of a plodding, clodding quality to it. Yeah. It's I'm um. Not it's not the not third much. in the series <laughs> of time for you to come home for Christmas and time for me to come home for Christmas. Oh my god. What's
1: next year? What's the fourth? Time, time for f- them. time Time for for them them to come home home for christmas (laughs) could it and it could be a non-binary um person who is coming home for christmas that would be fantastic that would be amazing dear
0: hallmark we are the no helmet required podcast and boy do we have an idea for
2: you (laughs) and after, after that we can just we can continue with the franchise with like as many complicated pronouns as possible. Like yes, the formal they, the informal they, the formal they plural. Uh, Los otros. Yes, like we, I, I need to, uh, the, the neuter they.
1: We, we could have a time, we could do another time for us to come home for Christmas, but it could be a royal. We and so it could just be the king coming home for Christmas, but he refers to to himself as us. Uh, us. It
0: It could just have a little asterisk on the us, yes, or a little crown. By us, I mean me. (laughs) The other one that I would add to my top five is the Christmas Doctor, and this is I know, but it did not look that good, but honestly, it was really good. It's Holly Robinson-Pete. She is a a veteran army doctor, and she is in a small town. I won't tell you all of it, but um, she meets this guy who is super hot. His name is Adrian something. I should have looked up his name, but they have a very, very sweet romance. I feel like she really brings it as an Mm -hmm. actor. We get to see her family, which again, I really appreciate. I like having, so it's not just a one black friend, it's not just one black couple surrounded by white people. We got to see her family, her sister, her brother-in-law. Um, and so yeah. I, I really appreciated that. And it, and it ended, it had a, a different arc to it. It ended in January, like ah. after Christmas. So it, it was just unusual. It hit some different tropes
1: and it was funny. I'm going to take a look at that one. That one didn't look good to me. And I think I may have missed. Well, I clearly missed something because, uh, you know, the, I judged it by its, its trailer.
0: Um, yeah. So I mean, I'm, I'm going to go back for it. You, you um. have to do that sometimes if you're not going to watch all of them, um, which, which I am almost did, there. Right? There were 40 premieres. I watched 38 Holy I did, and I'm halfway through Project Christmas Wish List, which is not—I qu- haven't quite finished that. And the only reason that I have not watched Swept Up by Christmas is that I had a DVR fail. But uh, in the next two days, I will have watched all forty of the
1: premieres. Wow! I, yeah, that—I'm just—I'm clapping for that. That. Thank you. That's the greatest accomplishment of 2020, as far as I'm concerned. By Aww. anyone I know.
0: Well, not of Hallmark. I wanted to accomplish yeah. something this year. so Well,
1: you <laughs> knocked it out of the park. Um,
0: <laughs> there were yeah, a couple that's... I wished that I had, you know, let go. Oh, but I, you course. know, it was all right. It was good. But but speaking of those that we, you know, didn't love so much, did you want to share? Do you have a biggest disappointment, Brian? Something I have two disappointments. And then it wasn't, yeah.
1: The Candace Cameron Bure Wizard of Oz themed movie. <laughs> oh, if God, I only that had awful. Christmas. It was, you know, the thing is, if they hadn't, said it was Wizard of Oz themed and like tried to shoehorn in all of the rel- the random Wizard of Oz references, I think it would have been a perfectly serviceable, pretty good Candace Cameron Christmas movie. Like I liked the plot, fine, but the plot didn't have anything to do with the wizard of Oz. Like there was no, the deep structure of wizard of Oz was not being reproduced in this plot. And so it was just every so often they made a wizard of Oz joke or reference, but it didn't have anything again to do with the narrative structure. Um, and so it was just confusing and pointless. So that one made me mad um, because I think it would have been good if they hadn't done the stupid wizard of Oz part.
0: Agreed. It made no sense. People had random names, like her, her, her brother was named Huck or something, and yeah, yeah. It just her stepmom was named Emma, yeah. It, and then it, the whole thing was just like, oh, I thought I wanted to go off into New York, but I'm actually really happy in Kansas City.
1: Yeah, there's no place at home, and oh, I'm going to marry okay. the wizard. Um, wait, yeah. that's Who's not how.
2: Like, why was this at all Wizard of Oz themed? He at was all? a
1: tech. He was a tech software executive, a reclusive software <laughs> executive um Mm -hmm. but his coo was the wicked witch of the west but she i don't know it was a mess it was a it was a total mess agreed so that was a huge disappointment the other disappointment i had was the lack of chemistry between dylan neal and winnie cooper in um christmas she wrote Uh, dylan neal friend of the podcast lovely lovely man winnie cooper charming together not so charming oh left me so cold nothing
0: um, it oh was it. do you think it was an age difference thing or do you think like what was happening there because dylan ne- well also dylan neal's character was not written very well so that yeah, was has terrible. something to do with yeah. it um but yeah nothing nothing there i was just like wow the her ex was a lot hotter and she had a lot more chemistry with her ex
1: yes uh, yeah that yeah. one was a mess um also there should have been a murder in that one because you can't call something christmas she wrote and refer I to murder. She wrote, murder show. and not have a murder. Or um, set in Maine. Yeah, it should have been in Maine. Although I did say that it was in Tahoe. Like that was kind of cool. Like oh, I guess. California. yeah, California. Um, but so those were my disappointments.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on both of those. Um, my my disappointment was Christmas in Vienna.
1: Oh yes! Oh
0: has- yes! Yeah, I I was excited was about seeing Vienna. And that part did deliver. There was some yeah. really good shots of Vienna. We got to go to a Christmas market forty five times, which was great. <laughs>
1: um,
0: Brennan Elliott, you know, we love Brennan Elliott. Another Saget,
1: reliable. Yeah, Warren Saget. Sarah's favorite. Another reliable actor that we on the podcast love, but totally failed in that role. It was just Yeah, bad. he
0: was absolutely miscast. He was playing like this captain von Trapp character that was brian's line i borrowed it not and then yeah. he had this really and then there was a violinist and it was like well after you watch the christmas bow and you see a real violinist and then you see sarah drew pretending to be a violinist it's like why? why did you do that hallmark why did you have a second sort yeah. of happy violinist after you show us the christmas bow like no she should have
2: been playing the flute or anything
0: else anything yes, else a freaking cello but no yeah.
1: The one thing I did like about Christmas in Vienna, and we've talked about this, Auntie Karen, is the obnoxious Canadian kids weren't in it because it was filmed in Vienna. They got local Viennese kids and European kids are just more likable than obnoxious (laughs) Canadian kids. And so like half an hour into it, I was like, wow, why do I like these kids? And then I looked them up and I'm like, oh, because they're Austrian. Like they're just local actors. They're not the None regular, Canadian. terrible Canadian kids. Um, yeah. I, so I did like that.
0: It was made with real Austrian kids. Real Austrian <laughs> kids. <Yeah. laughs> but speaking of the kids, it had a trope which I despise, which is professional young woman somehow falls into providing free babysitting.
1: Oh, uh, yes. No.
0: And it's like she's in Vienna. She should be sightseeing, she should be practicing for her concert. Why is she watching Captain Von Trapp's kids for free for like a whole week? He can afford a babysitter. This is
2: Captain Von Trapp. He can definitely afford an au pair or five. Yeah. So so
0: that's one of my annoyances.
1: That was obnoxious.
0: Yeah. They also had zero chemistry. Um, I didn't love the script. Uh,
2: Yeah. That was a big disappointment. Huh? Were there Christmas markets? Well yeah. So yeah, we, yeah we went to the
0: Christmas market like 45 times. Yeah. It was that part was good. That was good. Okay, so um would would any of us like to share our goals, our entertainment slash hallmark slash podcast goals for 2021?
1: My goal is to actually at some point in 2021 to be in the same room with the two of you inside.
2: <laughs> that is
1: both my entertainment podcast.
2: 2021 goal. Um, <laughs> oh. oh, Brian, that would I be miss so out so much.
1: I miss you too. Yeah, um, it's yeah.
2: the same when we're on Zoom and my parakeets are squawking in the background.
1: Well, they're charming. <laughs>
2: That's true. They're, they're at least they're charming. Oh, can you hear that? They love, yeah. love Zoom.
1: Boarded Zoom. <laughs> I mean, if we do Cedar Cove, that that would be cool. Um, you know, that, that would be an okay goal for next year.
0: I would love to finish Cedar Cove next year. I feel like we can do it. Um, <laughs> the other thing I would like to do is, so this year my goal was to watch all 40 Hallmark premieres in the Christmas season before Christmas, which I will absolutely do at this point. Yeah. Um, however, I did also watch uh, a Lifetime movie, which was good. And it made me think next year, instead of deciding to watch all of the Hallmark movies, I'm going to be a little more, I'm just going to curate a little more, go through and pick out which ones do I really want to watch, and then make room in my life for some Lifetime movies. Because, nah. I mean, they had Felice Navidad with Mario Lopez.
1: It's sitting on my DVR. Ben and I are going to watch it on Christmas Eve. Is that a pun? Is it supposed to be a pun?
0: It's a pun. Yeah. Mario Lopez is the dad. It's dad.
2: That's terrible. But I want to
1: watch it. Oh, don't you want to watch it?
2: Is it with his real children or with Canadian children? Well, it's Lifetime, so I don't know. Oh, yeah, I don't
1: yes. know where they. Yeah, I
2: don't know where they get their. Where do they source their children on <laughs> Lifetime? <laughs> Maybe they grow their own. Who knows?
1: Oh, huh.
2: They have like oh. a little uh, hydroponics lab. Mm-hmm. Yeah, possible. Possible. Pinta.
0: So that's uh, that's what I'm thinking. And what about you, Auntie Sarah?
2: I don't know. My goal is to get through the year. I don't know. I don't know beyond that. Do some knitting. See yeah. you in person. Huh. That would be great. I think that that, I, I'm, keeping, I'm keeping my expectations real low for 2021.
0: That just seems very wise.
2: That maybe very just wise. like get back on the bicycle. I don't have to pedal the bicycle. I just have to get back onto it. Okay. Like metaphorically. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And by me, I mean the world. Yeah. That would be amazing. Yeah, That
0: would be amazing. Well, dear listener, thank you for uh, joining us uh, on our recap of A Christmas Carousel. We've loved connecting with you again. Happy holidays.
1: Anyone up for a couple verses of Serlent Nert before we go? Oh my god, yes! Let's finish with that.
0: So this (laughs) is Kelly Pickler trying to sing Silent Night (laughs) on Christmas at Graceland. And this is how she sings Silent Night. You guys ready?
1: merry
2: christmas merry christmas happy new year
0: happy hanukkah happy kwanzaa
2: happy solstice we love you happy all of the things see you in 2021